Thank you for joining Resurrection Lutheran Church this Sunday morning, giving praise with us for God's blessings of music, prayer, and scripture. I, Pastor Karen Perkins, will be sharing a message of grace, forgiveness, and hope. All of the worship leaders welcome you. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, whose teaching is life, whose presence is sure, and whose love is endless. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Today for the children's message, I want to talk about the Reformation. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) On this day, we remember how Martin Luther and other Christians of his time wanted to change the way the church taught people about God's love. He was troubled by some of the things going on in the church, so he got out his quill and wrote down a hundred questions and thoughts, questions and thoughts. Uh, Those questions and thoughts he then posted on the church door to be discussed. At the time, the church was telling people that they had to work their way into heaven. Some people thought they could even pay their way into heaven. Luther knew that this was not what the Bible said, and he knew that all of us were sinners and we needed to be saved by Jesus, not by acts or by paying for it. So Luther reformed, or changed the church for the better, by telling people what the Bible said. He translated the Bible into German, the language spoken by everybody in the country that he was in, because it was Germany. And the printing press had just been invented around the same time, and therefore they could mass produce the Bible for people to have in their home. This way people could read for themselves what the Bible said. We are saved by grace just because God loves us. It's nothing that we can brag about. It's simply a wonderful gift. Let us pray. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus to save us from our sins. Thank you for allowing us to question the church and even question you. Thank you for Martin Luther and those who are willing to reform and share your love. Amen. The Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying, You will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. And I'm going to... Thank you. Where's good? Right by the baptismal font. That's good. I tweaked my back earlier the week before last, so... Anyway. You will know the truth. This is a time where we uh, have more information than at any other time in human history. 
And the amount, the rate at which new information is being made available continues to increase. So not only is there more information existing, but, but it's multiplying faster and faster. And uh, there are all sorts of reasons that we might come to believe something that another person we encounter says, that's not true. That's not true. And we have these sources for our truth. What is truth? Well, what is the truth about what? I mean, if you're talking about particular topics, you can say, did this event happen? Did this thing get written? Is it true that I have this opinion that purple is the best color? Yes, that is true. <laughs> this doesn't make purple the best color. It means it's true that I have that opinion. There's all sorts of things that we can have, have and count as true. And we know that at a faster and faster rate, we're being convinced of a lot that is not true. Is the whole controversy about, about what, what information is being promulgated because it's, um, it's either uh, titillating or it, it's in somebody's benefit that we should come to believe it or because it gets us arguing or there are some things that we're so convinced of the truth of that we can't even talk about them. If somebody tries to talk about them with us, we just can't, we can't go there. And in those kind of cases, we end up with these deep conflicts because we're so committed to the truth of a particular proposition or situation. Of course, that's not the truth that Jesus is talking about, not about whether or not this or that news outlet is telling the truth. But it's important because we need to ask the question about in whose interest is it that we come to believe in a particular truth? Who, who benefits? And that is relevant to the truth that Jesus is talking about. Who benefits when we understand the truth that Jesus says we're going to come to know? He's talking to the, now it's important here, this is unlike where he's being challenged by uh, Pharisees or other groups that are trying to trick him. It says these, these are the Jews who had believed in him. If you continue in my word, you will be my disciples, and the truth will make you free. And they say, we are descendants of Abraham. We have never been slaves to anyone, which, by the way, is this great topic for theologians to debate because part of the uh, Judaic understanding of the nation of Israel is being freed from slavery in Egypt. So what exactly they're talking about isn't clear. It might be that since we were freed from slavery, we have not been, been slaves. Um, it could be that because they're in uh, Judea, which is a place where Jews were not being held as slaves, we don't know exactly. But they are talking about the type of slavery that was common in, in the Roman Empire at the time, which is uh, bondage where you um, may or may not have been owned in the way that 
you know, the century, the, the 16th, 17th, 1800th um, understanding of slavery was. But certainly in that you had no choice about your work and where you went and uh, what, your, what your conditions were and how you benefited from it. So, we've never been slaves. Okay, um, none of us here have ever been slaves. In the sense of, we don't get to make those choices. But then Jesus talks about this permanent place in the household. Because if you don't have a place in the household, if you don't have a place where you know who you are, you know what your significance is, you know what your relationships are, you know uh, who, whom, to whom you matter, you know where you're going to get your shelter and your food, you know what decisions you're going to be free to make about your own livelihood. That kind of freedom is about having a permanent place in the household, right? We get to make a lot of choices in our lives. It was pointed out to me a long time ago when I was doing chaplaincy internship, and uh, the, the uh, supervisor was telling us if, this was in hospitals, if you go into somebody's hospital room and somebody yells at you, understand that you might be the only person that they can tell to get out. And of all the decisions that you don't get to make when you're in the hospital, for example, like even sometimes when to brush your teeth, you know, if, if the only decision you get to make is to tell the pastor to get out, that might be the decision you want to make. It, it was, it, no, I mean, it's, it, was, it, it doesn't make it fun for me, but it does mean that, yeah, we get to make so many decisions. There's that kind of freedom. And, and that is um, exponentially multiplied in if, you're, if you have a permanent place in the household, if you're the inheritor of the resources of the household, right? So that's the having a permanent place in the household. And then Jesus talks about committing sin and being a slave to sin. Now, Lutherans, our chant is we are justified by grace through faith apart from works of the law, right? It's not works of the law. Nevertheless, most of us believe that there are some works required to be right with God. We may not believe it like we would teach it in a class, but we live like we would believe it. We live like we believe that we have to repent in order for God to forgive us. You know what? That's a work. We have to live up to a certain level of charity. That's a work. We have to cross our legs a certain way at church. We have to take communion or not take communion this often or that often. We have to not use drugs. We have to not 
get ourselves overextended with credit. We have to be kind to our families. All of this stuff is important to do, by the way. Not downing any of this stuff. Um, well, except requiring people to do certain, certain religious rituals. But if we set those as required behaviors to be loved by God, they become works. Works that we believe we are using to buy our way into heaven. And more importantly, even if, even if we're cool with ourselves, works that we expect of other people. Other people, you know, we start to expect them to abide by our rules in order to be loved by God. And even if we know it's not true, it's hard not to go there because we live in a world where we talk a lot about personal responsibility. And we teach our kids about personal responsibility. We teach our kids about accountability, right? Which, again, is all good stuff. But Jesus is saying, relying on those kind of works, that's slavery. It's slavery to the works. And it can't buy our way into heaven. Okay, so let's say we know that stuff. We go about our week. We don't trip about it a whole lot. Then we come to church on Sunday, and we begin with a brief word of confession and forgiveness after a bunch of announcements. Everybody, please turn to that page if you have one. Like lost sheep, we have gone astray. We gaze upon abundance and see scarcity. Okay, we've been saying this, these words now. This is the fifth week in a row we've been saying exactly these words. We gaze upon abundance and see scarcity. There is somewhere in your life and somewhere in my life where I'm doing that. Was I thinking about it when I was praying this? Can God forgive me even though I wasn't thinking about it? Yes. But, but these are here for a reason. They're here to remind us that it's, it's, it's not just those works that are so obviously associated with the law. It's about looking and saying more deeply, okay, wait a minute, where am I seeing scarcity when God's provided abundance? When we turn our way, faces away from injustice and oppression, when we know there's stuff going on that we need to do something about and we fail to do something about it. We fail to stand up for justice, whether it's actually a person in line who's being mistreated because of race, or whether it's something that's happening globally, whether it's something that's happening just in the community. Then we, turn, then we exploit the earth with our apathy and greed. Okay, so we all know that global warming's happening, right? It's happening. Now, for a long time, there were people who debated how much of that was being caused by, by um, carbon emissions. Pretty much settled question now. And there's a lot of debate about how do we reduce that? Because as, as the temperature goes up, places that are vulnerable to flooding and drought become flooded and dry, and then you know what? The people there can't then grow food or survive or live. Well, what causes these things? We know that there's a lot of manufacturing 
But the biggest one is travel. Travel emissions is one of the biggest contributors. That's air travel, car travel. A lot of us are also learning that cows, big contributor. I kind of like my cow. We exploit the earth with apathy and greed. How much of what I choose to do is saying, well, I can. And you know what? If somebody's starving in Central America, maybe they should have planned differently. I mean, I don't necessarily think it exactly like that. But that's kind of the, you know, there is this global thing going on. And we know it, but it's a hard, it's, it's a hard thing to live with. And we say, free us from our sin. That's the truth we need to know, because Jesus doesn't say you need to know the truth as there's this proposition that's a truth. There's these words you say that, the, that are the truth. Jesus says, I am the truth. I am the truth. So if we know the truth, and Jesus says, I am the truth, it's about knowing Jesus. Not about knowing information that's right. It's about knowing Jesus and knowing Jesus and knowing that it requires Jesus for us to be able to acknowledge this stuff that's hard to face. It's really hard to face. If, if, you, if you're thinking about this all the time, it's hard to move forward in life, right? I mean, it's a lot of guilt. So part of it is about saying, Knowing the truth is knowing what's real, despite how uncomfortable it is to know what's real. And then the other part is knowing the truth that Christ crucified and resurrected for us. So that we can be joined in that baptism and that resurrection. The truth of the absolution. When you hear the words... By the gift of grace in Christ Jesus, God makes you righteous. That's the truth. By the gift of grace in Christ Jesus, God makes you righteous. Not because of what you did or didn't do. Not because of what you do or don't plan to do. By the gift of grace in Christ Jesus, God makes you righteous. You are forgiven. That's the truth. That's the truth. That will set you free. Because then it's free from trying to defend yourself and explain yourself and make yourself okay when you're really not. Or free from being guilty all the time when you've been forgiven or free from trying to prove anything because God loves you by God's grace. Now that is an invitation from that to go out and live, live the way Christ calls us to live. A lot of times I give you assignments. This time it's not, the assignment isn't anything other than hear these words. Hear these words and if there is something that you didn't, didn't confess. Go ahead and offer it to God. 
so that when you come to the table and you receive communion, you can experience that sharing in Christ that is free. Let us be blessed together. Let us be free. Would you join with me the Nicene Creed? We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, we acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Set free from sin and death and nourished by the word of truth, we join in prayer for all of God's creation. We pray for all who long for a word of truth and for the radical grace that flows from the cross. Inspire congregations to freely and boldly proclaim your love for all people with persistence and hope. Hear us, O God. We pray for your creation, for mountains, oceans, streams, glaciers, homesteads, and neighborhoods. Write in our hearts a new love and care for, our, for creation. Give us the will to curb wasteful habits and to hold accountable those who neglect the vulnerable. Hear us, O God. We pray for all who aspire to public office and for all who will vote on Tuesday at local and state elections in other parts of the country. Pour wisdom and understanding upon all who govern so that communities of justice and peace may thrive. Hear us, O God. We pray for all who long for healing in mind, body, and spirit. Strengthen hospitals, clinics, counseling centers, nursing homes, and recovery centers to be holy places of renewal that all might live the abundant life you intend. Hear us, O God. We pray for all who seek to grow in faith and love in you, and love of you. Guide, teaching, and learning and confirmation, small groups, Sunday schools, 
<clears throat> youth groups, schools, seminaries, and universities. Hear us, O God. We pray for all who serve in leadership in the ELCA, especially Bishop Elizabeth Eden, Alaska Synod Bishop Sally Wickstrom, Bishop Terry Brandt of our Sister Synod, the Alaska Southeast Cluster, Pastor Karen Perkins, and Thornton Memorial Lutheran Church, Wales, that they continue to be formed for the sake of the gospel. Hear us, O God. For what else do the people of God pray? For those who feel hopeless, for those who aren't aware how much they are loved. We give thanks for all the saints and reformers who have gone before us who dwell in your holy habitation. Give us courage through their example to challenge unjust systems and work toward life-giving reformation. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Confident that you hear us, O God, we boldly place our prayers into your hands through Jesus Christ, our truth and life. Amen. This is the part of our service where we lift up our gifts to God. We offer ourselves, our time, and our possessions. Members, of course, are encouraged to give our regular tithes and offerings through an assigned number, and we have regular vehicles for doing that. You're invited to go to our website and use PayPal or one of the other donate buttons that we have on the website. You can make a special offering to the RLC on KINY ministry, which helps keep this on the air, or to the RLC food pantry, or to Juno Live, which helps with community outreach. You're also more than welcome to come by in person or make a food donation. We Encourage people also to be involved with the community and appreciate volunteers. All of these things are gathered together in song and prayer. God of abundance, you cause streams to break forth in the desert and manna to rain from the heavens. Accept the gifts you have first given us. Unite them with the offering of our lives to nourish the world you love so dearly. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And would you join us in the mission statement? The mission of Resurrection Lutheran Church is to promote spiritual growth in Christ and service to all people. Receive the benediction. People of God, you are Christ's body, bringing new life to a suffering world. The Holy Trinity, one God, Bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
pleased the living word dwells in you. Thanks be to God. This has been an abridged worship service of Resurrection Lutheran Church. You are welcome to join us for worship in person on Sunday mornings at 930. We are located at 740 West 10th Street in downtown Juneau. Our phone number is 586-2380. More information about our location, parking lot, current COVID policy, and other contact information is available on our website at rlcjuno.org. The website is also the best way to learn about what events are happening with the community outreach ministry, Juno Live. With a vital food pantry, bell choir, quilting group, Bible study, and others, there may be a ministry here just for you. Come and see. <laughs>